listening to Chill Time with Will Moore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is your host, William Moore, and as always, this is Chill Time is Will Time. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to our last episode uh, with the lovely Miss Freya. If you guys remember, uh, that episode was about yoga, and I said that I wanted to start a series where I interviewed yoga practitioners um, just to kind of about their pathway, uh, their, their path to yoga, what it does for them, um, mental, emotional, and physical benefits, so on and so forth, because for those who know me out there, you know that it's something that I uh, take pretty serious. I've gotten into as of the past year and a half, and it's something that I a practice that I intend to take further. And it's just something that I wanted to share with you guys, um, you all in general, as, a, as I feel like it would be of great benefit to all my listeners. So with that being said, I'm super excited. I'd probably got to say um probably in the top top five of us uh when it comes to excitement about uh this next guest that i'm about to interview um i'll let her go into and interview herself so why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself ma'am hello i am ashley adams i'm the owner and ceo of black yoga magazine and i too am an avid yoga practitioner um, amongst many other cool things, or at least I think they're cool. Yeah, so, um, I'm super excited about, uh, interviewing Ashley because as she just said, she is, she's the owner of Black Yoga Magazine. Um, for anybody out there who has been along with me when I first, uh, started my journey into yoga, um, I talked about how I did not see really much of a representation of color when it came to yoga. Uh, matter of fact, I remember when I first got started, I began looking for yoga magazines to kind of help me with my practice at home, besides the classes that I was attending at the local gym, and uh, so on and so forth. And I remember never seeing anybody that looked anything like me, whether it be male or an African-American male. So just this past I guess three or four days ago, as I'm kind of online and kind of scrolling through the internet, I see an ad for a Black Yoga magazine, and I almost lost it. Um, I was so excited. I, I was jumping for joy. And the first thing I thought about was, I was like, is this real? Um, because it's just, you know, as, as much as I know about yoga over the years, I mean, obviously I've known about it for a lot longer than I've been participating and practicing it. But as you know, all the years that I've known about yoga, and then you know me being a, a starting to participate in it myself, I've never seen um, many people who look like me practicing. I'm often the only black person, and often the only black male in a yoga class, and I never saw any publications like that. So when I just couldn't believe it when I saw uh, Ashley's magazine, and I had to reach. The first thing I did was support. I was like, I absolutely have to subscribe to this magazine, so I did that, and then I sent a quick message or email, just kind of not even thinking that I would get an answer or reply back, but just really, you know, just letting you know one of the whoever was on the other side of that ad to know that I totally supported um, what they were doing, how much it meant to me, and 
just that they had someone in that corner and to and, and to my joy Ashley actually replied back to that email and we started a real like you know a, a conversation about how happy I was you know the reasoning why she was uh, started the magazine um, and I, I couldn't help myself I was like you know what I gotta have you on my podcast and and so and so here we are well, I am uh, eternally grateful to, to be here, um, and the joy that you exuded in finding us is the reason that I uh, kind of forged, uh, set forth off, the, off on this journey to begin with, because uh, after practicing for um, six, seven years now, and having the same experience that you did, uh, where I didn't see anyone that looked like me, or in many cases I was the only, or um, it may be me and one other person in many of the studios that I was frequenting uh, that were in my area. I just felt like I you know, wanted and needed to do something about that. Um, the magazine is really born out of my frustration of the lack of representation in our community as far as the media piece is concerned. And... Um, that irritation and anger kind of fueled me to set off on this project. Um, so I too, as a was a studio owner, and um, I was looking for other yogis that looked like me to work on a project with. And I kind of set forth to my local bookstore to find magazines and uh, reach out to companies that you know worked in the yoga space in hopes of finding someone that looked like me, so I could you know share and share and show some love to someone else within the community and after going through about 10 to 15 different publications I could not find anyone that was brown at all uh, not even brown adjacent so <laughs> I, in, in my anger and just sheer irritation I was just you know I, I just decided I had to do something about it and um, this came about June 7th of 2019, and uh, by 12.01 midnight on June 8th, which happens to be my birthday, um, <laughs> I had bought, bought the website, I had bought the web domain, had a page up, started our Instagram, started our uh, Facebook page, and we've been off to the races ever since. And then from there, it's just out of my anger, fuel, if you will, it's me backing my way into learning how to run a magazine and support the community in this way, uh, but when I started, honestly, all I knew was that I wanted us to be seen. Uh, one of the most disheartening conversations that I've had to this day in regards to the yoga space was that uh, I had a woman, a, another uh, black woman come up to me. She came into my studio. She came for her first class. She was first off surprised to see that I was the owner and surprised to see that I was also the teacher. And secondly, one of the first things she said to me after we finished talking about hair and how not to sweat your hair out on the mat, because that was the whole thing. Um, after we had that conversation, she said, I didn't know that black people did yoga. And I was just so struck so deeply by this that I was like, we need to have a media voice in this space. Because if we don't, people will continue to think that we're not here, and they'll also think that these tools to help uh, repair, if you will, from the inside out aren't available to them and aren't for them, and that's not fair. Yeah, you're so, 100%, uh, you're so 100 yeah. right about that, because I remember... You know, uh, one of the conversations we had, you know, as we were, as you know, as we were going back and forth to set up this interview, I kind of told you about one of the experiences I had 
um, running into somebody, I guess, who frequents uh, the same gym I do. And I didn't recognize her at first. And she was talking about, she was like, hey, don't you work out at the, you know, the such and such YMCA? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, do you? I was like, well, how, you know, how do you know? She goes, well, and there was like hesitation in the voice. She's like, well, let's just cut to the stage. She said, let's just get right to it. She goes, I'm going to be real. She goes, you're the only black guy in a yoga class. And I was like, and I could have gotten upset about it, but I thought about it. And I was just like, but she's right. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. she's right. Uh-huh. And I know that there are more of us out there. But the thing is, if there aren't many spaces that seem, I guess, safe or inviting to us, you're not going to you're not going to see many of us there. And it just happened to be I just happened to be one of those people who's like pretty safe and secure uh, in who I am. So it didn't really bother me to go to a class where I didn't see many people like that, like, you know, who look like me. But I definitely would appreciate it if I did see more. But that's just a, a little anecdote that kind of really bolster up uh, basically what you were just saying in your experience. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not it's not prevalent. Now, certain areas, of course, based off of the demographic of the area, you may have a more diverse or a, you may run into more studios that are uh, predominantly uh, people of color, right? But more often than not, that's not who's being served in these spaces. And more, more importantly for our piece as a, as a magazine, as a publication, as a media company, that's not who's being catered to and served, that's not who's being messaged to, um, that's not who's being marketed to in this space, right? And that's not who we are all in turn being told participates in yoga. Um, from the clothing, that's another uh, piece that that I am um, trying to shed light, light on in terms of diversity in clothing and just in sizing. Um, so, yes, there are a plethora of companies out there that create yoga pants, but as a practitioner and as a teacher, not all yoga pants are created equal. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, for those high-end companies that make clothing and that they are marketing to a certain different demographic, um, I would love nothing more for them to know that, hey, we're here too, right? Um, that the Lululemons of the world should know that we're here too. And and what I will say is they they that it's not enough to put a picture of someone that looks like us on the magazine and call that good, right? right? How are you serving these people in conversation? How are you serving them in practice? How are you serving them in connection? Now, I know I'm sure people will be like, oh, well, they're serving them here and they're serving them next and they're doing this one, you know, this, this project here and that project there. But again, it's not we're still not being marketed to in the space in some way, shape, or form. So uh, not to say that they're bad and not to take anything away from them as a company. They're, they're doing their thing, and they know their numbers, and they know who they serve, and that's okay. But uh, I feel like we need to have a voice and need to be served as well, too. Like, again, the thing that we always say is we're people, too. You know, so uh, don't just count us out just just because, if you will. So the the biggest thing with the magazine is I really just wanted us to be seen. And one of the largest pieces of pushback I get is, you know, um, yoga is about inclusion and it's about being equally yoked, but it's about being yoked within your own self, your mind, your body, your spirit, and tying those things together from an internal perspective. Externally, all the things that happen in the world beyond uh, the quote-unquote 
meaning of yoga, if you will, are all our responsibilities to shape and mold into a world that we would like to see, right? Right. So I personally feel like I would be hypocritical if I practiced if I just practice my yoga only on the mat, if I didn't take that inclusion and that balance that I'm seeking um, out into the world, if I only was looking for that or uh, stepping into that when I stepped into a studio, I would be remiss not doing my duty as a yogi for myself, right? Not speaking about what everybody else should be doing, but for myself, if I wasn't trying to spread that same connection and say, we are here too. So this is not necessarily a race-driven thing per se. What it is is a visibility thing because visibility matters. And we can't mistake the fact that uh, just because you see one or two people in it in another publication, we can't mistake that for inclusion because it's, it's not. Right. In it's, that case, it's just a picture. Exactly, and it's several different things. So you, you already talked a little bit about the magazine. We're going we're gonna to come back to that a little bit later. But let's delve a little bit into like who you are as an individual and in, in your own personal practice. How long have you yourself been in the yoga, and what really guided you to start your practice? So I started my practice in 2006, um, probably 2000, 2003, 2006, somewhere in that realm. I practiced off and on, took a lot of hot classes uh, because my guilty pleasure is a hot yoga class. I still love it to this day. I love teaching it. I love that it's hard. <laughs> I love that it pushes your limits. Um, I call it the quick and dirty. Um, it's just it is everything that I in my own personal practice and I liked it because for me after having uh, two knee surgeries over the years it was low impact but I still felt like it was um, hard enough you know for me to feel as though I got something done but my knees weren't taking the beating that they had with uh, other high impact fitness modalities so that's what started me um, in kind of drifting in and out of going to studio, not going to studio, or going to, you know, a class in the gym, not going to a class in the gym, that sort of thing. And then fast forward um, a few years, and I ended up having children, and after I had my son, I had some crazy, crazy postpartum, like, um, like ugly cry over a bottle kind of postpartum that I needed to just figure out how to manage it. And um, at this time, I had two kids under two. I knew that, that that there was something wrong with me emotionally, that I was deeply struggling to balance on my own. And for myself, I'm a pretty stoic person, and I'm also a pretty real person. Like, I know when something's not right, and I'm not afraid to say that, hey, this, this isn't right, and I need to do something about it, right? Right. So in my, in my need to take care of myself, I took myself to a yoga class because I figured at bare minimum this would be an hour that was mine, that I didn't have to be somebody's mom, I didn't have to be, you know, uh, responsible for running a household, I didn't have to do any of that. I could just show up and be myself and kind of put all that other stuff down. So I took this class, it was a Sunday, um, it was like a, an 11 to um, 12, 15 class or what have you. I took this class and by that Monday I had signed up for teacher training and I was like, oh, okay, this is the thing and it really helps and I'm good at it and I like it, we're going to do that because I don't do anything halfway, right? So when I'm, when I'm going to do something, it's either we're doing it or we're not. Since I love the class so much, I was like, I could 
this. This could be a thing for me. So I signed up for teacher training, and I've kind of been off to the races ever since. But that that longing for some balance within my body, within my system, was born out of me knowing that I needed something different than what I was currently doing, and I had to find a way to get myself back to good is what I considered it at that time, and, uh, and it brought me into the studio, and I've been teaching uh, pretty much since um, 2015, um, and I absolutely love it. Like I, I absolutely love it. It, it. it is my jam, as I tell people. It's amazing how when you get started, you kind of get addicted to it, isn't it? Because it's a, that's exactly what oh, happened yeah. to me. Because I remember I halfway gave it a try, you know, maybe six, way, seven, six, seven years ago. And when I say halfway gave it a try, I can't even... It, I, that's not even an honest assessment. I, I tried one class, and that was after doing, like, a powerlifting session. So I was already worn out, and I just didn't get anything out of it. But when I gave it a serious try, like, I found myself, like, wanting to keep continuing and going back and trying it on my own and was just absolutely hooked with it. Yeah, it, it, like, captures you in a way that no other fitness modality can. And prior to that, I took and taught fitness boxing, and I enjoyed it. And I still enjoy those things. I mean, above all else, one of the things that I still am is I am a gym rat. Like, I enjoy physical fitness just in general. Like, if there's a new class to take, I'm your girl. You know, I'm going to go try uh, whatever new thing old brand of work out there is like that that is out there I'm, I'm an early adopter in that space for sure so um so i've you know done many a different things from step aerobics and all that kind of stuff right to zumba all that jazz however nothing captured me in the way that yoga did because not only was it taking care of me physically but it was moving this it was moving this other this isness that we all can uh, kind of relate to that exist, right? But you don't really know what it is. Right. It moves you in a different way that other fitness modalities doesn't. And for me, that's what drew me in. It was taking care of a piece of me that I know needs to be taken care of. I felt um, like I felt like it helped me find my way. Like much like you, like I'm a gym rat. You know what I mean? Like I've been an athlete my whole life. You know, love lifting weights. Absolutely love lifting weights. And like when I was when I was, you know, lifting weights, uh, you know, lifting weights can help you l learn a lot about yourself. You know what I mean? You teaches mm -hmm. just teaches you how to like push yourself, teaches you about, you know, in a way like toughness or having that grit. You know, um, knowing how to find your limits, um, mm -hmm. and knowing how to like just strive for new goals, work hard. Yoga pushed me in a completely different way. I always tell people it pushed me. It pushed me physically. But it really opened me up and, and pushed me and helped me find myself in more of a mental, emotional way. And I think, and, and that's what really uh, got me because I hadn't, other than interpersonal relationships with different individuals, there's not been much that had me really reflect and look that, do that type of thing um, other than dealing with like a, it, it, through physical fitness, other than dealing with like a tragedy or something like that. Usually okay. people have to go through something that makes them really look internally like that, mentally and emotionally. But but this was a way for me to, you know, achieve that growth and really look inward without having to go through something traumatic. Right. I could not agree with you more. That I I could not have said it better myself. That is basically what I took and continued to 
take away from this practice. And what I love so much about it is each time you step on the mat, though your asana may be the same posture, the experience is different. No matter when you step on the mat, you get something else out of it. You glean, uh, you know, where your body is, where you are mentally, if you're, whether you're feeling them or not, there's something, um, I don't know, otherworldly, if you will, that takes place when you get on that mat each time, day in and day out. There's just something about it. And that, that force, whatever that is, this is, um, I believe is what also keeps us all kind of coming back as well. For sure. So before you started your practice, though, let me ask you this. Do you remember do you remember ever really seeing anybody that looked like you taking part? Or it, no. It's, it's, no, no, no. So was that was no. that something that stuck in your mind before you got started or were you that was something um, or was that an afterthought? No, so what so for me, I grew up in a predominantly white area, so it was not a big deal or it I it was something that I was accustomed to being the only in, in predominantly uh non diverse Spaces, right so it is what it is like that that part of it is just kind of the nature of where I, I live is just how it is basically right right um, but for me what drew me what drew me to the class rather is my dad actually went to a class to a hot yoga class that was down the way from where uh, he and I both worked because uh, he worked for a chiropractor's office your dad and, did um, I have a yeah, my dad worked for a chiropractor's office at the time, and my uh, I worked in the billing office at that chiro's office. There's so no way I could get my. There's no way I could. I don't think there's any way I could get my dad to go to a yoga class. I think my he would. Dad, <laughs> he would support me and go right on. But yeah. if I was like, "Yeah, Pop, I need you to hit this mat," I don't know if he would really Man, be down for that. My dad is straight G. He so so he will try much please this chiropractor. So, much like me, he's willing to try a fitness modality. He's had a bunch of knee surgeries himself, so he's looking for something that actually, you know, works for him so that he could still get a decent workout. He still lifts and does all that kind of stuff, too. But um, his uh, orthopedist was on him about improving his mobility. So, he's a bigger guy, um, you know, played football, all that kind of stuff, was a, a professional bodybuilder, all that jazz. So, so he, um, or did bodybuilding competitions, we all were younger, if you will. Uh, but he went to this class to help improve his mobility, and he took a hot yoga class uh, down the way from where we all worked. And I ended up talking to him about the class thereafter, and he's the one told me, he's like, yeah, it's really hard. You know, just be prepared when you go, but I'm sure you'll like it. You should go, kind of thing. So that's what prompted me to go to the studio that was close to where we worked at at the time. Um, as far as being the only in the space, I I knew that I was, right? Right. But, and I found it bothersome, but at that place, at the place that I was in life, I did not necessarily have that reflex of, I need to do something about this. It was just like, it was that feeling at the time of, this is just the nature of the beast. Right, and it was very like I'm here for myself. Let me at least just take care of me, get my class in, and go on about my business. Uh, and if I really get into this world, we'll figure out how to make headway later on down the road. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can dig it. So, so I guess the next question I have for you. So, like I said, when I first started, I looked for different publications and didn't see anything until you know about a year and a half later. You know, I ran into yours. 
as far as my knowledge goes, I could be wrong, but as far as my knowledge goes, your magazine, you know, a black-owned black yoga magazine is like the first and only of its kind. Again, I could Okay. <laughs> so 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 tell me like what does that mean to you to have started such an amazing project and if what type of support have you gotten for, uh, uh, from it, uh, for it, if any at all? So, well, let me tell you that <laughs> I, I was not ready. I was not ready for the amount of support. And I know that sounds so counterintuitive, but I wasn't ready because I was just pissed that the magazine wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? Right. So that fuel, like, kind of, I don't know, insulated me from, from, I guess, caring if anyone else cared about it. Like, it was kind of like that I cared, so my energy was going to be enough for everybody else, and if they come, awesome. If they don't, I'll figure it out. But it was like that kind of, I don't know, vibe or whatever, for, <laughs> for lack of a better, <laughs> better phrase. But to my dismay and to my, like, oh, my gosh, I have, like, stuck my finger in the light socket of something, um, people came, and they came in droves, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is the thing that folks want, um, <laughs> and I got, uh, in the beginning, I got a bunch of support um, from various uh, black yoga groups that were online, it was really uh, exciting, and it still is exciting, um, however, <laughs> you know, it's like to be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Right. Uh, what this caused was it caused things to break because it was just me on the back end pushing this along. So when I got like a whole host of digital orders in the beginning, I had to then go back and figure out real infrastructure of <laughs> how I'm going to distribute the magazine, right? How I'm going to keep consistently get this out to people. Um, and after a few refunds and a few, like, apologies and, a, oh, my God, I'm sorry we broke that. And, you know, really just just putting my ego aside and, you know, keep pushing through to, to work through the issues. Uh, I, I'm proud to say that almost a year later that we're better at it than we were in the beginning. Uh, and I couch that to say I'm better at it than I was in the beginning. Um, but... But I wasn't ready. I would love to tell you that I was like, I knew this was going to work and it's going to take off. Like, well, I no, I didn't even think about whether it was going to work. I just did it. So it was uh, just your passion, like, and you took off with it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, let the chips fall where they may. You know, I'm not one to be, you know, scared as, as the cool kids say. So I ain't scared. So I was like, well, it'll be what it'll be. Um, and, and I was transitioning to uh, closing the studio because my family and I were moving, which we've since moved. And um, this was going to be my, like, thing to do in transition, you know, as we move and, and reopen in a new location and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why I, I thought that it would be, like, this slow roll into where. I don't know. But anyway, um uh, but as far as the support part of the question that you asked, uh, we got support from Facebook groups in the beginning, um, got some community support as far as people uh, actually donating um, to a GoFundMe that I started. That's how I knew I had a thing. So I, I guess to kind of burst this down a bit, the moment I knew I was on to 
thing. It's before we had a, a magazine created. Like, I started this in June. I set the launch date that we put the first issue out uh, was September, which I want to say was September 1st. Yeah, I think it came out. Yes, I think September 1st is when we did our first issue. Um, I put up a GoFundMe because, of course, you know, if I'm self-funding this project, I'm not independently wealthy. Um, I work, too, just like everybody else. So, you know, it was going to be a community effort to, to give this life and make it grow. So I was like, you know, I'll put a GoFundMe up. I had made, created, go, or, uh, yeah, GoFundMe. Yeah, it was a GoFundMe, not Kickstarter. Anyway, I had made them in the past for other projects and got a few things here and there, but nothing major. Well, as soon as I put this up and people started donating and we were a couple hundred dollars in, I was like, oh, this, this is a thing. Like, people want this, you know? So that was kind of my, like, you know how they'll ask celebrities, like, when did you find out you were famous? Uh, and I heard someone say a few weeks ago, uh, when their grandmother saw them on TV, for me, in my moment that is uh, um, similar to that is, when did you know you had a thing? When people were ready to donate to something that hadn't even been created in the physical yet, that it was still being born of an idea and in process of coming out in the physical world, and they were ready to give their hard-earned dollars to it, so, uh, so yeah. That's awesome. Now, you talked about a few of the challenges being, like, you just kind of knowing how to fulfill orders and not being prepared just because you didn't know so many people were ready and hungry for Thank such you. a project. Well, tell me about some, as a, as a, as a magazine owner, um... And essentially, the CEO of this business. What are some of the other challenges you face, and what challenges have you faced in life that you think have prepared you for this? Um, some of the other things are just the tedious tasks that come along with actually the production pieces of the magazine. Making sure, I mean, it could be some of the most minute things and mundane things it may seem like, but making sure that uh, stories show up on time, making sure they're formatted properly. Uh, making sure, like, little details aren't missed, like, page numbers. Um, <laughs> making sure that, I mean, and, and, and I laugh now, but, you know, that's stuff that we struggled because there is so many parts of just, it's just not the marketing part, right? It's also the production side and, and making sure your graphics look good and that your pictures aren't fuzzy and, you know, all those, those things that can kind of be... Um, that can can kind of fall by the wayside when you're moving at 90 miles an hour, uh, especially in the beginning of a, of a business that's brand new to you, that the project itself and the functions of the project are brand new, and it's also brand new to, to the market that is looking for it. So those are some of the challenges. Um, uh, figuring out what payment systems will allow people to subscribe regularly, right, and, and be able to create their own logins to turn on and off their prescription, their subscriptions, rather. Just sim things that seem really simple as I say them, but when you're doing those things at scale in the beginning and it's also new for you, can make things a little hectic. So I'm glad to say that, you know, we worked out um, – the majority of that stuff and are in a lot better place if you were. And uh, I don't feel like I've lost any more hair since December, so things feel a little well. less white knuckle-ish at this <laughs> point. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, they're good problems to have, right? Because none of those problems would exist if people didn't want it. So I'm grateful for each and every one of them uh, because they've allowed me the space and time to learn and be better um, and 
become a better business owner, become a better entrepreneur, and really dig into my yogi bag, if you will, to take the lessons that I've learned in class and in teacher training off the mat, and to be able to infuse those things into um, uh, into my business. Now, as far as like personal life stuff, so prior to uh, we opened, prior to the magazine project, we opened a studio in my hometown. Um, we poured uh, $50,000 into Oof. it or so. We, yep, we, we took in what was an old bar that was just absolutely dilapidated. The ceiling was missing that we got it. There was a hole in the floor all the way to where you could see the foundation. Uh, you could actually see the dirt under the foundation of the building. The building was built in 1925. Uh, the bathrooms weren't working functionally. We hired a contractor that said that they were going to replace the bathroom and only replace the fixtures, didn't put any of the drywall. So, um, so I learned to drywall and hang drywall in a bathroom and paint and do all of those things. In this $50,000 renovation, I've learned to lay floors, uh, to put down floors in the studios. In, in the studio, uh, 3,000 square foot feet worth of flooring that I now know how to put down laminate floor. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, and then I taught, when I first started, about 23 classes the first week that we were open. Uh, so being the chief cook and bottle washer in a studio that is that size when you first start, is great, right? Um, but it's hard as all get out. It was hard, hard work. My family came in and helped. Uh, friends came in and helped. Uh, it was a huge, huge undertaking. And then, and then, uh, because the, the, the landlord that we had that owned the building was so difficult, we ended up moving. After all that work, we wow. ended up moving. Uh, because it just, I couldn't keep fighting with them, and I couldn't maintain our overhead uh, that we had, because what I, what I did in my haste to serve the community, I started off our membership entirely too low and underestimated the volume that was needed to actually to make it. Um, my investor pulled out, so we were left trying to figure out how we were going to continue to send this thing. And the only thing we could do was move. Um, but what really pushed me to move is after all of that renovation and all of that work, the building had termites. And not just a few termites. It had termites where they were crawling all over the yoga floor. So in a yoga studio, what do people not have on? Their shoes. Right. <laughs> So you can't have people walking around barefoot <laughs> when you have a termite infestation. And to make it even more fun, the uh, landlord wouldn't tend the building. So, uh, so that was like the last job because it wasn't sanitary. Despite all the reno that we did, we picked up and left. And, and I, I moved the studio. We did it for another year. Yeah, we did it for another year in the location that we had moved to. And then due, uh, due to family constraints and concerns, we ended up closing, and I moved about two to three hours away, which is where we are now. So all of that prepared me for the craziness that it was to jump into the magazine project. Because for me, the magazine was way easier than what I had just Oh, yeah, through. because you, so you, helped, you, were building, you built a brick-and-mortar uh, studio yeah. before, so, you know, the... the there still might have been stress there, but not nearly the stress and financial oh, no. obligation oh, as no. it was when you you know had your brick and mortar uh, place where you were teaching. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, somebody can be upset with me online, and I can log off. With the studio, I still had to go the next day. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, there was no, there's no avoiding this, this, this massive responsibility that you're you're taking on, and that you're juggling and trying to manage. You know, finances from a from a financial deficit that you're now in because you poured essentially your life savings and part of your kids' college fund into this venture. <laughs> uh, yep, that was real. Um, <laughs> into this event, and you're so on the train of oh my god, if it doesn't work, blah blah blah. But eventually, I had to let that go, right? So when things come up with a magazine, like oh my gosh, you know, it'll be all right. They'll be okay. They they may be mad for a little bit. They may not like me. They may even, may even talk junk about me online. But I can't change any of those things. Even when I do solve the problem and make it right, they're still gonna have something to say because you can't control what people say. So um, I will say that it that whole experience with having a studio, it's made me a better entrepreneur. Um, I know now how to better um, manage things. And when we do open again, I will definitely do it with a better perspective on and know a lot better of what I need as a business owner and make sure that we have those things in place so we don't struggle the way that we did before. Um, and then the magazine is just kind of like the fun piece of that, you know what I mean, in that regard. So, uh, but yeah, it, it, I was well prepared for adversity by the time I got to this project. Like, uh, in the words of Denzel, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. So let's talk about, let's talk about growth um, and stuff like that as it pertains to the magazine. Where do you hope to see your publication grow and go in the future? So my goal, um, our goal on paper is by the end of the year to have gotten to um, uh, 1,500 subscribers, and uh, whether that be digital or in print, and we're well on our way to, to doing so. Um, we, have, we have about, oh, let's see, about five to 6,000 6,000 person following between all of our socials and um, our subscribers list has peaked. We went, uh, we went up to about a thousand or so um, and it's come back down a bit and I'm sure we'll have another ebb and flow as you know, people subscribe on subscribe life. Life changes for folks. Sometimes they can do some, sometimes they can't. But my goal by the end of this year is to have a solid 1,500 uh, person subscriber base and um, and be growing and serving the community and continue to serve through teacher training and continue to serve through uh, offering classes virtually um, and just really being being able to give folks access to yoga um, that look like me, talk like me, have hair like me, all that kind of good stuff. Why don't you talk a little bit more uh, about uh, teacher training and building a career in yoga? So one of the big things for me, the, my big soapbox when I first started the studio was I want to be able to give teachers teachers jobs. And I want to be able to give them jobs to where they don't have to teach at five and six different studios and kind of be the yoga bunny teacher that's popping all over the place just to make ends meet. So with teacher training, one of the biggest things I found uh, that were barrier to entry, the two of them I should say, are time, the time it takes to get your certification and then uh, the cost, because yoga teacher training can be anywhere from $2,500 to 
to uh, $4,500, depending on if you continue all the way through uh, to advanced teacher training, which those are two separate prices. It's not like $2,500 and you throw another uh, $2,000 on and you have advanced teacher training. No, no, no. $2,500 for 200-hour and $4,500 on its own for uh, the $300 to give you your whole five advanced teacher training. That was my investment in it on average. That's about what folks are paying um, to get those trainings. And what I found is in those spaces, I was typically the only person of color that was there point blank period. So that's because another way where folks, it's not being made accessible really. Exactly. Because a lot of folks are, that's not what they're dedicating their money to. Though they may be deeply interested in training, that's just not where their resources are going. So, so that there's that piece of it. And many times that it takes to, to become a, a certified yoga instructor, um, because you have to do the 200 hours and there were some very tight parameters around how you went about doing those 200 hours, which have changed over the years, which, uh, um, we've all been fortunate that those changes have been made where you can do a portion of them online now. And that was not the, um, case before you have to have so many in-person hours, which that is the case um, in some areas, that, excuse me, that was the case in some areas um, as early as last year, but some of that has changed now, which is wonderful. Um, so there was that. So so that was the other piece. It was the time and then it was the financial investment that it took to be able to uh, become a teacher. So what we've done is we've lowered the price considerably. Um, to $250, yes, you did not hear me wrong, that was not a typo, not a misrecollection, it's $250 for our 200-hour teacher training. Uh, we now, as of this craziness with, um, with coronavirus, we now offer a portion of it online, and then the rest, um, the in-person hours that are required um, to, to get the certification in full, uh, we were doing those in, in, as intensives. However, that has changed now, too. Now the whole entire program is taught online, and that's because, you know, you can't have gatherings of more than 50 folks. So you can... Area. In some cases, more than 10. So, so. you can get an entire uh, yoga teacher training, certified and all, online for $250. Yep, you sure can. And can't beat that at all. No, you cannot. Uh, and you're not going to find it cheaper. And I know people bark at me about, well, uh, you know, the marketing folks get on my case. Well, if it's not cheap, people perceive value. But my thing is I'm not worried about perceived value. Honestly, what I'm concerned about is the folks that are willing to give me their hard-earned money to take these training. And we're about, we're at about 50 people who have registered for it by now. So clearly this is resonating with someone. And those are the folks that I want to continue to serve. Um because I would be remiss in my mission as a uh, as a practitioner myself, and that I feel is my mission as a person, if I was not lowering these barriers of entry to this training. So there's that piece. The other part, as far as teaching is concerned, uh, what we've done is open the virtual yoga studio where we are taking on teachers who can live stream their classes and offer them on our platform and be able to be paid on a regular basis for teaching oh, where wow. they don't have to go here, there, and everywhere to be able to serve the people that look like them if that if that should be their 
passion, right? So you really, yeah. So in. you're really, really pushing hard to not only make it affordable for people to become instructors, but also support those very same instructors um, by offering their classes and stuff on a platform. I think that that's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm deeply leaned into this part of the project because the other part that happened to me, and it's the plight of many of other teachers, you invest in this particular training, you find that you love this, um, you want to share it with the world, and then you can't find a place to teach, or you don't have someone to kind of guide you into how to build a career in this space. So my goal is to serve as that guide for folks and tell you the things that I've done, um, and work with you each step of the way as I learn as a person sharing with you the things that I've learned along the way to help kind of foster teachers in a direction so they can be successful um, in the yoga space, especially if it's something that they um, love to do and that they're interested in. Uh, if, if they feel like it's their passion and their gift, why shouldn't they be able to make a living um, like any other artist, if you will, that is in their passion and their gift, you know, their yoga practice shouldn't be any, any different than anything else in that space. I think that that's, I think that's absolutely awesome. Um, and I, you know, I urge any of my listeners to really take advantage of that. Um, if they can, um, as she was saying, you're not really going to find an offer like that anywhere else. So, so I got just a couple more questions for you and then we can wrap up. Um, and one of them is, what is it that you really hope people can learn most uh, from your journey and your publication? That you can do it too. That, you know, just because just because you don't necessarily see it in your area, that doesn't mean that we're not out there, that we're not, that we don't exist, and that we're not putting it in and getting it just like everybody else is, as far as digging into their practice and learning these tools that are connected to consciousness and learning um, these different ways to manage the stress and strife that can be life, right? right? That it's available to you too. It's not something that is uh, just for others, if you will. Um, that, and you don't have to be uh, crazy flexible. You don't have to be super, super thin and blonde. You don't have to be um, any of the things that may be marketed to you primarily. That quote-unquote, look like the face of yoga, that you can be you, and the you that you are is good enough to exist and uh, practice in this space. That's an awesome message to deliver, and especially the part about being crazy flexible, that resonated with me, because I remember that was my biggest, it was my biggest motivator, but also the thing that bothered me the most is because when I started off, I wasn't very flexible. I mean, you got to think, a dude who's played semi-pro football and college football and, you know, pretty much football like his entire life. Like, I just wasn't a flag. I was all about power and strength and bulk. And so when I first started, that was the most frustrating part for me is to look in a class and see everybody being able to, like, for one, they had a completely different type of strength than I did. So it's like starting from the ground up for me. And then, two, them being super flexible and being able to get into these poses that, to be honest with you, I couldn't remotely even dream of getting into. Um, so to know, and, and even though I've made huge strides now, my, my focus is also different as well, right? My goal is not to to be like somebody else and not to practice like somebody else. My goal now, after I've become more wiser and, 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 and really 
uh, grown into the true spirit of yoga is really to look more inward. So no longer is it about practicing like somebody else. It's my practice. It's how do I practice? How does my practice best fit me? And I think that it would have been awesome had I had that message at the very beginning when I started. Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems to be something that um, many of folks grow into. There, there's some that don't, but many of folks grow into that, that understanding that they're there. This is one of the few spaces that you are there truly for you, that you're there truly for your own introspection, that you're there truly to build your own self-awareness, and that whatever the person on the mat next to you is doing is none of your business, you know? That right. the practice is yours and yours alone. And I also remind people, and by people I mean myself as well, um, that this is a practice, right? You 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 have to put the time in on the mat to see the gains in your flexibility. If that should be what you're seeking. And if that is, more power to you. But just know, you're going to have to put the time in to get there. It, uh, um, what is it, uh, uh, the the quote in time uh, more more is coming right, right. it's all it, it's all available to you more is coming it's open for you to receive it um, but at the core of it's always and then more yoga right so once you um, touch the bind in Maritasana A that's okay right what but then there's more yoga there's more more postures after that for you to. Um, work on, muddle through, maybe spend the next 10 years working on. All of that is okay, right? Right. Um, and the other thing that I want to stress to as far as the asana piece is concerned and the deep worry about flexibility and what the other person is doing, don't be afraid, <coughs> excuse me, don't be afraid to use props in your practice if your body needs a prop. And the reason I say that as a person who's had two knee surgeries, there are some days where certain postures just don't get along. Where, where, you know, a part of my body may be like, hey girl, hey girl, I know you really want this today, but we're not interested. So, whatever, <laughs> whatever props and straps and blocks that you may need to make this happen, we would appreciate it. And honoring your body in that way and listening to that, that's what you're there for, you know? Even when my ego is like, let's just keep pushing hard, right? Because I come from a athletic track running, you know, uh, better, faster, stronger, lift. I come from that kind of world, right, being a, a person that just loves sports in general, um, where you're rewarded for that mentality. That's not necessarily what you uh, need to grow in your in your yoga practice. So don't be afraid to be the person that is like, when you see everyone straining in the posture that will walk off your mat and grab a block to make it accessible to you. Um, you are being a good steward of you and your body, and I, I encourage people to continue to do that. Awesome, awesome. So, so what can? Why don't you let everybody know, like, a how they can find you or how they can reach you, but also what they can do to support you in your project. So, the best way to find us online is at BlackYogaMagazine.com. Um, we're Black Yoga Magazine on Instagram, we're Black Yoga Magazine on Facebook. Those would be the three ways to primarily find us. The way that you can support is by subscribing to the magazine. If you're looking for classes today to take, join the virtual studio. We have that available to you now. If you're looking for teacher training, go ahead and go register. Um, my intent 
to stay at the 250 price for as long as we possibly can to sustain it and to allow our teaching pool to grow to where not only, as I said before, we can um, teach teachers, you know, and get them out in the world and, and get more diversity in these studios that are out here, but also build a platform to where we can uh, grow the virtual studio as well. Um, and if you want to catch up with me personally, I can be found or emailed at minimum at uh, hello at blackyogamagazine.com. Uh, that's my direct email address. I know it's probably crazy to give it out on a podcast, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> Feel free, feel free to email if you like to connect with me directly. If you uh, have questions regarding the magazine, if you have questions about how you can advertise with us, uh, because we are a publication, um, that's the best place to send them to. Is uh, hello at blackyogamagazine.com, and uh, I'm happy to answer and um, you know help you and assist you on your yoga journey as much as I possibly can. Awesome. Well, once again, I just want to thank you tremendously for taking time out of your busy schedule um, and in your busy day to kind of sit down and share your journey, share your story with us. Um, also, just thank you, um, not only on behalf of my audience, but personally myself, for really putting your publication out there because it really did resonate with me. Uh, and just even seeing it before I, you know, I haven't even received my first issue yet, but to just even see that um, it, it made a big impact for me uh, personally, and it really resonated, and it just something that uh, it, it, I, I guess I can say like it kind of elicited like a little bit of pride um, to see something like that out there and know that, that you know that, that that piece is out there and to be able to support it. So I want to thank you again for that. Um, I, you know, it, it, if possible, I would love, absolutely love to, you know, have you on again someday, really, so, so we can kind of catch up. You can tell me how the, uh, you know, we can kind of follow like the, 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 the life, the, the life of the, of the publication and um, kind of, you know, also fill us in on how things are going with the teacher trainings. Um, and for any of the audience out there, um, if you have any questions or comments about this episode, um, and want to reach me, you guys know how to reach me, uh, email me at chilltimepod at gmail.com. If you want to talk to Miss Ashley, um, reach out to her by, you know, through the different formats that she, uh, kind of provided. Um, and as always, you know, we're available on any, uh, platform that you listen to podcasts, please feel free to leave us a review to make it easier for folks to find us. And uh, once again, um, I'd just like to say thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Um, and we'll continue to try to bring you great content. Any last words, Ashley? Uh, just thank you for having me on. Thank you for showing us love. We appreciate it. It's people that people like you that allowed us to continue to exist and uh, kind of help me validate my own craziness that, yes, there is a good reason to be out here fighting the good fight. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so you heard it, folks. Um, this has been another great episode of Chill Time is Will Time. Again, reach out to us. Reach out to me. Reach out to Ashley about any about our publication, Black Yoga Magazine, or to sign up for any classes, or just to talk to her personally about her journey um, and other products or services that she provides. And uh, I hope everybody has a, a, a safe uh, and happy morning, afternoon, evening. And this is William Moore. This has been Chill Time is Will Time. And we're out.